Amen. What a great way to start the service this morning. Good morning. Let's stand and let's worship together as we sing praise him, praise him.
We've come to praise Him this morning. Amen, church? Well, good morning and welcome to worship. If you're visiting with us, thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning. You're our honored guest. And those of you watching online, thank you for joining us as well. If you're a guest, we have a QR code in front of you on the on the pew or on our screen. If you'll scan that and ask a little bit of information just so we get to know you a little better. At the end of the service, you'll come out to our welcome center. We have a gift just to say thank you for being with us. Next Sunday is a special Sunday because we have our Discover Forks coming up. This is for any new members. You've just joined the church maybe in the last six months or so. Or if you've been visiting and you want to know a little bit more about the church, it's a free lunch for you. We just ask that you sign up at the Welcome Center or use the QR code. It'll follow this service. But we are here to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is our Savior and our guide this morning. We're here to praise Him. So let's sing. I was buried beneath my shame. could carry that kind of weight. This is good. It was my turn till I met you. All right, let's sing it out. Come on. I was breathing, but not alive. I was breathing, but not alive. Part. Here we go, come on. Because when you called my name and I ran out of that grace, out of the darkness into your glorious day, you called my Now your mercy has saved my soul. Let's sing together. Here we go. Come on, ready? Now your mercy has saved my soul. And now your freedom is all that I know. Oh, yes, that's good. The old made new. Jesus, when I met you. When you call my name, let me hear you. Come on. And I ran out of grace. That's it. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. You call my name. And I ran out of that grace. Out of the darkness. Take a few moments, greet somebody around you this morning. They'll have you are to see them.
we go. Listen to this. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy. But chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen. Come on, church. Let me hear you. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the end and I'm breathing. I have a future. My eyes are open. Because when you call my name. God be the glory for everything this morning, the breath to wake up, for giving us freedom, for saving us, and for his mercy. Let's sing this great hymn together. To God be the glory, great things he hath done, so loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atoned. For sin and open the life gate that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the
Amen. Are we thankful for the great things he has done this morning? Amen. We are nothing without him. We proclaim that today. That without him, we would have no hope for tomorrow. We'd have no promise of salvation eternal. And so as we sing this morning, no matter what's going on in your life, if you're here in the building or watching online, we believe in the great I am. The Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Listen as Karen leads us in the song.
glory, the demons running free. At the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in hell or any who can stand before the power and the presence of the great I am, the great I am, the great I am, the great singing how the mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee at the mention of your name, King of Majesty. I don't know about you and what you're going through in your life, but I feel like some folks in this room maybe watching online or have huge mountains in front of them right now. And they're thinking, those mountains will never be moved. I have news for you. We believe in the great I am. We believe in the Alpha and the Omega. We believe in the great physician, our provider, our healer, our chain breaker, our Lord. And so whatever's going on in your life, he just wants you to call out to him. He just wants to say, Father, I need your help. This bridge is so powerful to me because we all face challenges in our lives. Whenever we seem the outcome looks really dark. And I've seen it in my life, you've seen it in yours. We get to the other end of that storm or that trial, and we look back and we say, Wow, ye of little faith. God said, I, I told you I would carry you, my son, my daughter. I would guide you. You just have to trust. And so this morning, maybe that's what God is saying to you just trust me to move those mountains to break those chains of bondage, of sin, things that are holding you slave. He wants you to just give in and say, God, I, I give you everything. As hard as it may be, I give you everything. Then you can live this song out. Because the mountains shake before you, the demons run and flee. At the mention of your name, King of Majesty, there is no power in heaven or any new we believe in this morning. Thank for the power and the presence of the great I am. 
we need him in every area of our lives. Greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. And we claim that victory through Jesus Christ. This is your first time worshiping with us in person or online. Every week there's an opportunity for us to come together and pray. We believe in the power of prayer. What we cannot do, God is able to do. As a matter of fact, God is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. This morning, if you're in this place, we invite you, if you feel led by the Holy Spirit to come, you can kneel at this altar, you can stand on behalf of a family member or friend, or you may stand from where you're sitting. However the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to come join me. As we lift up our prayers together, would you come pray with me today? families, 
And may we all, Father, put our trust and hope in Christ and in Christ alone. Father, if there are people here today that have never received the free gift of Jesus and his love, his mercy, and his grace, remove, Father, anything that would hinder. And I pray, Lord, it would be a straight path from your heart to each of our hearts. We pray that many would come to know Christ today or many would come back home to you, O oh God. Father, life can be hard and life can be challenging, but we claim your word that never will you leave us, never will you forsake us, and surely you are with us always, even until the end of the age. Thank you for that promise through your spirit and for your presence. So God, I just pray that you would continue to bless and protect this church and all the churches that preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And we pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And we believe, God, that that is already beginning and has begun. Help us to be prepared for the harvest of souls that you're going to save. And may we love them and minister to them and, and help disciple them as we all grow in your likeness. I pray now, God, that you would continue to sing and play through our musicians and instrumentalists. Speak through the power of your word and through your servant. And I pray that when I am weak, that I would be strong in and through Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord, and we just thank you. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5? And, and after the reading of our scripture, our, our worship team will come back to lead us. Thank you all for being here. Thank you all for all the beautiful music today on the organ and piano. And it's great that we can worship the Lord together. We'll be reading two verses out of 1 Peter chapter 5. Begin with verse 8. Be alert. And of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord. Sing this with us. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. It was salvation. Washed 
It was a few minutes before the service. The congregation had gathered, and as people were visiting and talking among themselves, Satan appeared in the front of the church. Well, people saw Satan. They were terrified. People ran out screaming and trampling on one another, trying to get out of the church. Everyone that is except for one old man. There was an elderly man who was sitting in the back and he just sat there as calm as could be and while everybody were fighting to get out and trampling on each other, he just sat there with a little smile on his face. Well, Satan went up to this old man and he said, Man, do you know who I am? And he said, Yep, sure do. And he said, Well, aren't you afraid of me? He said, No, I sure ain't. And the devil said, did you know with one word, you could just be killed? And he goes, I I guess that could be the case. And he said, did you know that I could inflict agony and and painful uh, uh, sores on your body and, and could inflict this agonizing pain for eternity? And he goes, yep, I guess you could. Well, this was just perturbing Satan. He was really getting upset. He said, then why aren't you afraid of me? He said, been married to your sister for over 48 years. (laughs) Man, man. it's getting hot in here. That's one you can talk about over lunch today. It's hard to believe that tomorrow will mark 22 years since the 9-11 attack. It was on that horrific, terrible day that nearly 3,000 people lost their lives right here on our American soil. And I remember that time. I, I remember during that time there were more Bibles that were being sold and almost any other time in history. I remember that people were flooding to church. Churches were packed after 9-11. Spontaneous prayer meetings were breaking loose at businesses, at, at schools. I remember gathering with community pastors all across denominational lines, coming together, praying for God's wisdom, for how we should respond as Christians, what what our place is. I remember how people, you couldn't find an American flag because there was a heightened sense of patriotism. People were waving flags in front of their home and and putting them on their cars and, and putting them out in front of their businesses. Isn't it a shame that sometimes it takes something so tragic before people will turn to God? Why is it that we have to be brought to our knees before we can see the light and to see how we need to live? You know, that was so different from COVID. You know, COVID was just the opposite. Everybody went away from God and stopped meeting in churches and stopped gathering. But yet when 9-11 happened, everybody came together. And everybody began to pray together and hope for the best. You know, in our scripture this morning, 
we see Peter writing to a group of Christians who had been attacked. We saw these Christians who had been persecuted and as a result separated because of their faith in Jesus Christ. This letter, 1 Peter, has been characterized as a letter of separation, as a letter of persecution, as a letter of suffering, but it's also been seen as a letter of encouragement, as a letter of courage, as a letter of hope. And we all need hope, don't we? There's not a person here today that does not need hope of whatever you are going through in your life and certainly beyond this life. And then in the verses that we shared, Peter, I believe, was reflecting on his own life and the denials and the decisions that he had made that brought suffering on his dear friend and his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he denied the Lord not once, not twice, but three different times. I have to think Peter was thinking about these things when he shared these verses that we read out of 8 and 9. And it's possible that you're here today and you feel like you have been under attack. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked in your families. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked in your homes. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked at school or, or maybe you're being attacked at your workplace. Maybe you feel like your finances are being attacked. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked in your relationships. Maybe you feel like you're being attacked with a, a friend. Or maybe you just feel like you are under spiritual attack. And that may very well be the case. Because I think when we're trying to live for Jesus Christ, we're always going to be under attack. Because what we believe goes against what the world believes. And the way we're trying to live goes against the way the world is trying to live. We're trying to live a godly life, a holy life, a pleasing life, to set ourselves apart, to be different than the world. That's why Peter refers to us as aliens or foreigners or strangers, because this is not home. This is just a stop on our journey home. Our real home is when we get to heaven. And what a day that will be. But until then, we are under attack. Peter, in these verses, I believe, gives us a battle plan, if you will, a strategy to help us as we fight the good fight as soldiers of the cross for our Lord and our King, Jesus Christ. In the first verse we read out of verse 8, it says, Be alert. And of sober mind. Some translations say be self-controlled and alert. The first part of our strategy is to have a readiness. To have a readiness. I don't think it was by accident that Peter was the one penning these words. Because Peter could remember when he went into the Garden of Gethsemane with his good friend Jesus. And remember, and, and Peter, uh, Peter, James, and John were in that inner circle with Jesus, and he had asked them when he went into that garden to pray, when he was agonizing over the cross that was looming in the near future. And remember when Jesus had asked them to watch and pray. You remember, and I shared this a few weeks ago, Jesus came back not once, not twice, but three times 
he found them sleeping. And then Jesus said in verse 41 of Matthew 26, Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh or the body is weak. And so Jesus was instructing his dear friends as he instructs us, as Peter remembered that by saying, be alert and of sober mind. And we know that we must be careful because there are constantly attacks of temptation. Maybe you're here today and you're being tempted in an immoral relationship. Maybe you're being tempted by an addiction that's been plaguing you for years. Maybe you're being tempted by making a bad decision. Maybe you're being tempted to do something that could radically change your life for the bad. And we think about what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. He says, watch yourself or be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But not if, but when you are tempted, know that He will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Did you know there's always an out if you want out? And many times people give in to temptation and they say, oh my gosh, what have I done? We are to have a a readiness and to be watchful because we know that we are constantly under attack, even when we least expect it. I want to share a couple of stories with you that happened recently. A couple of Fridays ago, I was jogging, running through my neighborhood. My wife won't let me play basketball anymore because she's afraid I'm getting too old and I'm going to keep breaking fingers and bones. So she's put a stop to the basketball. I'm, I'm hanging up my golf clubs because I'm getting worse instead of better. And I'm like, why am I paying for four hours of misery on the golf course? So I can't do about anything, but I can still run. And so this is stress relief to me. I pray while I'm running with my eyes open. I'm jogging through my neighborhood. And you would think in your own neighborhood, you know, I used to even run out of my neighborhood out on the uh, 421 or the connector, then on the 421. But with distracted driving now and with so many uh, people not paying attention, I thought I'm safe to stay in the neighborhood. Me and Mr. Rogers in the neighborhood. So I was running the other day, and uh, on a Friday afternoon, you know, I was just reflecting on the week and just praying, and when I hear a car passing by, I think it's a neighbor, or, you know, I I try to do the right thing. I'll just throw up my hands if they're coming up behind me. I'll just wave, you know, like, this must be one of our neighbors, hey, and just let them know, don't hit me, you know, I'm here. (laughs) And so I was running, and... A car passed me by. The next thing you know, a megaphone comes out the passenger side window. One of those battery-operated megaphones. And they begin to curse me and called me a fat beep, beep, beep. 
Well, number one, I've never been called fat before, so that was new. And they continued to unload these. And then at the end, as they were driving off, they said, run, Forrest, run. And I thought, who in the world? I want you all to know my humanness for a second wanted to shout back, not an obscenity, but I wanted to run Forrest, run toward their car. But I stopped. And I prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Well, I, I did my little loop-de-loo, and I was setting up a big hill, and, and when I went over the top of the hill, they were waiting for me at the stop sign. Like, they're wanting some more. I thought about picking up a limb that was down from a windstorm, <laughs> but I didn't. So I thought, I'm going to get close enough to see their license plate number, and I saw what kind of car. I looked out in the parking lot before the service to see if it was one of you, but anyway. <laughs> so I, I thought, I'm going to have an encounter. I'm going to have a confrontation here. Well, just when I was just getting close enough where I could maybe make out the license, like just to have for future reference or if there was any trouble, they sped off and yelled out the same stuff as they drove off. And I thought, man... I just wanted to have a little peace, exercise. Uh, I had flashbacks of something similar that happened in high school, and I thought, man, this is crazy. But you know what? I'm not going to let it deter or defeat me. Story two, my brother-in-law we saw over um, Labor Day weekend, and he was sharing, I shared that story, and I was saying, isn't that the craziest thing? I was just running in my own neighborhood, minding my own business, just trying to be in shape, just trying to pray. And I get this, you know, and he said, well, we were going into Dick's Sporting Goods over in Hamburg just recently, and he, his wife, and their two children going into the store when a car went by, ta -ta -ta -ta, and they started shooting them with air rifles and nailing them in the back with pellets as they were going into Dick's Sporting Goods. My brother-in-law is not a preacher, so he ran after them. <laughs> but they were in a car. He was on foot, so they got away. But the fact is, we're always under attack. A couple Friday nights ago, my daughter Sophie, our daughter Sophie, went to visit a friend who's going to Asbury over in Wilmore. I was a little concerned she had never driven over to Wilmore by herself, and so she got on her phone, got directions to go to Wilmore, and, and so she went on, what is it, 169, and, and then she followed the, the, the directions over there, and on the way back, they sent her down a different way, and uh, it sent her back on a road, Clear Creek, I think was the name of the road, and, uh, and as she came to a a stop sign, it was a two-way stop, but this road was not stopping, and, and she stopped, and then there was a fence row and trees, and the seed had come out, she had to ease out a little bit, when she was doing that, a car was flying down, and from a void T-bone in her, they went through a fence and went down into this field, 
my daughter stopped to just see if they were okay, and they began to curse her. Told her to call the police. A kind neighbor who was in their yard stayed with Sophie until we could get there and called us on her phone and said she's okay. And when we got there, so we've been talking to our county judge executive and trying to, to get him to do something. There have been about 10 wrecks right here because these two stop. There's no stop here. And we've seen so many accidents here and said we had workers here working that testified to the police that that car was going at a high rate of speed and that your daughter was not at fault. And I'm like, well, we just praise the Lord that she's okay. But you know what I told my wife? I said, we're under attack. When you're trying to live for Christ, the devil is going to attack you, going to attack your health, going to attack your family, going to attack your mind, going to attack your, your home, going to attack your team. Whatever it is, but I want to tell you this, and I said it a moment ago, greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. The devil is already a loser. He's already been defeated by what Jesus did on the cross and then the empty grave, the empty tomb. We must have a readiness. Secondly, we must have a realization, realization of what, who the enemy is. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. It's like a, a half-starved lion that doesn't want to just give you a little lick or a little just a little kiss. The devil wants to destroy your life. The devil wants to chew you up and spit you out. And the devil is real. The devil's not a comic book figure. The devil's that little suit you dress up at Halloween. The devil is real. We saw the devil in Genesis chapter 3 when he came in the form of a serpent and tempted Adam and Eve to eat that forbidden fruit. And when they ate it, sin came into the world. Pain came into the world. Sickness came into the world. Death came into the world. We know he's been trying to kill people ever since. As a matter of fact, we read in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, that the devil was an angel that had fallen. How far or how you have fallen from heaven, O morning star and, and uh, son of the dawn, son of the dawn, that we know he was an angel that fell from heaven. We read in, in Revelation that that he was, a, in Revelation 12, verse 9, an ancient serpent called Satan, or the devil, who leads the whole world astray. His purpose is to lead you astray and lead me astray and to destroy us. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the little g God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of, of the glory of Jesus Christ. The devil is constantly lurking around. Sometimes it's obvious, and sometimes it's not so obvious. He's, he's on the prowl. We know in, in John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Some of you are here today, and the devil's been lying to you saying you're not worthy, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, 
you're not equipped enough. You're not educated enough. You're not skinny enough. You're not pretty enough. Don't listen to his lies. The devil is constantly lying. I feel unworthy and inadequate to stand before you every Sunday. But I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And you can too. We must have a realization that the enemy is not your spouse. The enemy is not your child. The enemy is not your parent. Your enemy is not that coach. Your enemy is not that teacher. Your enemy is not the black man. Your enemy is not the white man. Your enemy is not the politician. The enemy is the devil. Let's call it like it is. He's the real enemy. And I pray that you would be ready for his attacks because it could happen at any time. He can attack your health. I think about Paul in 2 Corinthians 12. He said in verse 7, he said that Satan has sent me this thorn to torment me. So we know that the devil can, can wreak havoc on our health or or like it did in Job, it, it took his ten children and, and all of his livestock and his own health. But yet, Job continued to worship the Lord as we talked about a few weeks ago. So we must have a realization of who the real enemy is. The real enemy is the devil. But then lastly, we must have resistance. We must resist. We read in verse 9 that after he says that we are to be self-controlled or alert or be alert and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Did you hear that? Resist him. Standing in the faith. Because you know that your family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. You're not alone. We must understand that we are to resist him. James said in James 4, 7, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Verse 8, Come near to God and he will come near to you. So we must resist the devil. And I think about what Paul also said in in Ephesians 6:12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. That's why in verse 13 of Ephesians 6, we are told, to, or in verse 11 rather, to put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Then he reminds us again in verse 13. He says again, Therefore put on the full armor of God, not if, but when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to take your stand. And after you have done everything, to stand. And today, if you're under attack, you resist the devil. And we know that we have the power of prayer. If you look at verse 18 of Ephesians 6, after we put on the full armor of God, he says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Keep this in mind. Be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people or the saints. 
We're to pray for each other. And we know there's power in prayer. And the Holy Spirit, that's why he says pray in the Spirit, because this is a battle that's out of our control. It's only through Christ that we have victory in the power of his Holy Spirit. What about you today? The first step in fighting the enemy is you must give your life to Christ. Some of you are here and you've been running from the Lord a long time. It's time to stop running. You've been running from Him. You've felt conviction before and you know you're not living the way you ought to be living. And now it's time to repent. That means to have a change of mind, change of heart, and change of direction. I'm going to come to the Father. I'm going to draw near to Him. And He's going to come near to me. Or maybe you're here today and you're a Christian, but you've gotten off course. You've been sitting on the sideline criticizing those in the game when it's time for you to get in the game. It's time to say, instead of, Lord, what have you done for me lately? It's like, Lord, what can I do for you? What can I do for you, Lord, after everything you've done for me? Or maybe you've been looking for a church. This is a field hospital for the sin, sick, and hurting this is a shelter where we can come and, and pray together and love one another and serve together and make a difference in our world for Christ. We'd love to have you to be a part of this family today. In a moment, we're going to sing a hymn of commitment or decision. It'd be my privilege to pray with you about your decision. If you don't know Christ, just come up and say, I want Jesus. And I will pray with you a prayer and you can give your life to Christ. If you're a Christian, you say, I just want to recommit my life. I'm ready to get in the game. We'd love to have you. Or if you've been looking for that church home, there are no perfect churches. Some of y'all have been visiting around looking for the perfect church. It's not, you're not going to find it. If you've been looking for the perfect pastor, you won't find one here. But you will find us worshiping a perfect God. And if you're looking at him, there's no fault in Christ. We are all recipients of his amazing grace and love, and we would love for you to receive it today as we pray together. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people or children that are here and they've never given their life to Christ, oh God, it would be my joy to pray with them a simple prayer to say, Dear God, I confess that I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of all my sins. I, I ask you to come into my heart. Thank you, God, for saving me. I love you, Jesus. Lord, if someone could pray that in their own words, just to get this spiritual journey started, I pray that they would not be ashamed to, to make it public. Give them the courage to stand and acknowledge Jesus before people. Lord, I pray for Christians that have become bitter or or maybe complacent, or they've let the guard down, allowed the enemy to take control. Bind Satan, Lord. May he have no glory or victory in our lives, in our homes, in our church, or your church, in our schools, in our workplaces, because we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our Father, I pray if there are folks looking for a church family, we would welcome them with open arms just as you welcomed me and us into your arms when we received you. So God, may we take a stand 
and receive this amazing grace and this gift. We'll give you all the praise and the glory and the honor in the strong name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand if you're in this place. Won't you come? It'd be my privilege to pray with you. Won't you come?
excited uh, for these decisions that have been made today and so grateful this morning to have uh, met my, my new friend, Anita Freeman. Anita, if you want to come up here beside me, I'm so grateful that Anita this morning came and uh, she came to this church by way of Jim Gwynn. One of our members had invited her and She's only been here about a year, is that right? It'll be a year November. From Fort Worth, yes. Texas. Yes, yes. She, she came. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> All my exes live in Texas. But anyway, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But today, Anita comes to move her membership from a church there. And Anita, we welcome you and know God has has led you here to be a part of this family of faith. We're excited. Your spirit is contagious in your heart, and so I know you want to join with me in welcoming Anita into this church family by letting it be known by saying amen. Sorry. I'm so grateful today, uh, and I need, I need somebody's glasses here. I'm, I'm so thankful today that Eli Bryan comes, making it, and you all can come with him. So thankful for Travis and Haley. And Eli comes today making his public profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Eli, man... That's, that's the most important decision any of us could ever make because it's the only one that lasts forever. Everything else is temporary, but this decision is for eternity. And we celebrate and rejoice with you and the angels in heaven. We're so thankful, Travis, for you and Haley to be here as well and to love and support. I know you want to pledge your love and support to the Bryan family by letting it be known by saying amen. Brittany, you want to come up beside me? So grateful today that Brittany Brewer comes, recommitting her life to Jesus Christ. And just no question, the Spirit of God uh, speaking to her heart. And, and Brittany, we pledge our love and support to you as you rededicate your life. And we are here to support you and love you and encourage you. I know you want to show your love and support and prayers by letting it be known by saying amen. Bless you. And I'm going to invite you all, if you are able, um, to join me out in the foyer so folks can give you a warm welcome. And, and maybe, Jim, Gwen, we can maybe get a chair for Anita so she doesn't have to stand. But uh, so grateful for all of you uh, to be here today. What a great day. Appreciate that uh, the whole family had a lot of friends and family here to support them. And thank you all for being here to show your love and support to the halls. Jessica and Emma, hope you will come back. And I pray that you would join us again next Sunday. Let me share a couple quick announcements. This evening we start our small group Bible studies, Coffee and Connections. If you don't know which one you might be a part of, check the Welcome Center, go online. There are many Bible studies, small group opportunities. Uh, we meet in the Children's Wing lobby area for Coffee and Connections. We literally have coffee some snacks, and a lot of good conversation. We invite you to join us. And then Wednesday night, 
We have a meal catered by Family Affair at 5 o'clock. We'd love for you to join us downstairs. This will not be our normal prayer service. It's normally up here. We're going to stay downstairs. It's a business meeting. We'll also do a time of prayer. But we'll be voting on 10 new deacons and a new trustee and for new committee members for the upcoming year. So hope you'll join us for a great night. Thank you for being here. I'm going to invite you to stand. Don't forget how much God loves you, and we love you too. Sean, you would lead us in a closing song. Let's sing this great hymn together. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the earth hear His voice. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. great things you have done. May we leave here excited, clothed with your full armor as we go into the battlefield. Give us victory through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.